those pretzels? Nice. Almonds. 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 Pretzel goldfish. Underrated snack, not just. Okay, Justin, no more hijacking. No more hijacking. Okay. Here we go. Talk about my favorite snacks. That should be a new segment. I'm on the note of segments that will never happen. Bonjour, hello, and happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. So, Nick didn't hear my joke. Thank you so much for joining us He's for Finn's right yeah, Fanfare <laughs> Friday, Volume 20. Very excited to be with you this morning. Volume 20, 20 weeks of Finn's Fanfare Friday. We can hear the raise, excitement. Raise the roof. Yeah, balloons J- are having a good day today. Justin is Feeling on good. one. I slept in today and I feel very energetic. So we have some stuff to talk about today. We want to talk about Kalen Bellage exiting Miami and where he's going. Interestingly enough, we want to talk about <laughs> want to talk about Curtis Weaver and uh, Justin put WTF under the notes here. So I'm not sure what exactly. Oh, my girlfriend brought asparagus. Thanks, babe. Um, I don't know what WTF means in regards to Curtis Weaver. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Xavier Howard being activated off of both reserve COVID list and the physically unable to perform list. We're also going to talk about Dolphins having fans at Hard Rock Stadium at the start of the season, likely about 13,000 fans for each game. We'll then, of course, get into our trivia time and our wild card question. But before we get into any of our usual, jovial, regularly scheduled programming, we want to take a moment to pause just as a whole host of NBA MLS, WNBA, uh, MLB players did yesterday and recognize what's been going on in the United States. Now, you know, we try very hard to keep the focus what ha- on what happens on the field. We're a very football-centric podcast, and we know there are various media and news outlets, whether they be in sports or otherwise, that are talking about what's happening today. But when you see something as unprecedented, or yesterday, it's now two days ago when this comes out, when you see something as unprecedented, as what happened on Wednesday. It hopefully forces you to pause and reflect on where the world is, where the U.S. is, where we can do better, be better, turn our words into actions, being more involved in everything from outreach and education to listening, having open and honest conversations. And so not to pass any judgment necessarily on what happened um, if you guys don't want to, although I think what happened on Wednesday was triumphant. I think it was brave. I think it was unprecedented for a reason and a very positive reason at that. And it was really inspirational to see. Um, And so I think that, you know, as we're going to talk about football in a moment, I think that it's very important that we sit back and we acknowledge what's going on. Because as we talked about a couple of months ago, that's sort of the first step in this process is not to ignore, not to turn a blind eye for things that don't necessarily affect you or us personally. Um, but something that we wanted to definitely acknowledge. So I don't know if you gentlemen wanted to get a bit of a word in here, speak a little bit about this. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Trevor, I think you actually, I think you took the words out of my mouth um, because the way you described what we saw yesterday, I think was perfect. Uh, like using the word triumphant. Um you know, it was, it really was a triumphant moment where uh, black athletes or predominantly black athletes uh, basically said, you know what, until, until something changes, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to entertain you anymore. 
Um, and I think, I think that's, um, I think that's fascinating in its own right, but I think, I think it's, it sends a very, uh, very important message. Um, because you know, there's one thing to protest and to take knees and to do all those different things, but to just straight up not show up for the game, like what the Milwaukee Bucks did yesterday, you said the word brave, absolutely brave. Absolutely brave. Brave might be an understatement. I wish there was a word that meant more brave. And I didn't have to say more brave or braver or whatever. Um, because that that took a lot probably from that that team and that organization to do something like that in a game that, listen, was meaningful. Um, it took a lot. And it shows you just where the basketball players were uh, in, in terms of where their heads were at. Um, and I just, you know, it, it, it's just been a fascinating couple of days, right? It's been a, It's been a – fascinating to watch these sports kind of um, react to this in real time. And it's also been interesting to see how other sports have kind of, I don't want to say ignored it, but called for play, right? I think the NHL said that they still want to play games. Um, they're not going to follow suit like the MLS. And, and there were some baseball games that went on last night. I think the Marlins played last night. Um, now I don't know in terms of timetable, I'd have to, you know, really look into that and see when like if the game was already started when the bucks by the time postponement took place that's one thing it's different but um had there would there have been more mlb games that were postponed in solidarity with what the with what the bucks did but you know i think triumphant i think brave are just are perfect words um as as these black athletes continue to um as, as they continue to try and figure out the best way that they can make make change in the country especially from the confines of that nba bubble because this is, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I saw you. No, 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 you're good. This is, there's probably no bigger statement than what they did when you consider the situation that they find themselves in. There's nothing else they could have done. That was the, that was like, that's like the top level of protests based on where they are. Because they can't go out and protest in the streets like they were with the George Floyd shooting. They just said, you know what? We're not playing anymore. Brave and triumphant. And I, you know, I absolutely echo what you both have said, and given that this is a football podcast and today specifically Dolphins, I you know want to cap this discussion just by bringing it back to what we discuss on this show, which is football. And it'll be very interesting to see how this moves forward and whether or not it impacts the football season itself. You know, we saw with teams today, we're recording on Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, that practices were postponed for the majority of teams. The Dolphins specifically did not have practice scheduled today, so there was no official statement from the team with regards to their specific practice, but many teams postponed practice. Uh, The Washington football team did. The Packers, I believe, did. The Bears, I believe, did. Um, And there were a couple teams that still practiced. I believe the Bucks and Patriots both practiced. So different teams, different coaches, different players taking a little bit of a different stance We've seen players like high-profile Saquon Barkley already come out and say, I'm considering not playing game one. So is Sterling Shepard, apparently. And it'll be fascinating to see how that is handled by not only the players, but by team ownership, by the league itself, and whether or not we get, um, you know, we've been questioning for the past many months, are we going to have a full and, you know, regular football season, which, of course, definitely not regular, but are we going to have a full football season because of COVID-19? it's possible that it's now affected in a totally different way uh, as well. So, um, you know, I, uh, again, like you said, like Trevor said, I certainly wholeheartedly um, support what, you know, the message of what the players are doing and and the actions they're taking. Uh, It'll be certainly fascinating as well to see how the rest of the NBA handles this. It looks like the playoffs will continue. 
according to Adrian Wojnarowski of nice. ESPN. Right. That's good, right? Um, but uh, and, and it's also the other very interesting thing here is players have different stances on it too. Draymond Green seems to say we need to keep playing so that we can keep our platform and we can keep using our voice the way you know, so high profile it is, whereas LeBron James is saying, no, this is the way we should be taking our stance. So players aren't necessarily all agreeing either. And in the locker room of 53-plus players, which is what the NFL has, I'm sure there'll be even more disagreement. Um, so definitely uh, very fascinating to see how this progresses and how it affects the NFL. And so on that note, as I finish sneakily eating my almonds, <laughs> let's move on to some Miami Dolphins talk now. Justin has been very, and you know, just a quick side note here. My brother is not particularly vocal, um, generally speaking, in a negative way about the Dolphins. And in general, he's not a particularly negative guy. guy. He's a positive guy. But I thought you were going to say that he's not a particularly talkative person. I was like, I, I taught him four years. I, I, oh, no. Yes, he's, he, don't lie about that. He's, you're not the only teacher to say that, believe me. But <laughs> there is a player who Justin was vehemently – vehemently opposed to returning to the Dolphins this year. His name is Kalen Balaj. Now, up until we're recording this on a Thursday, was it up until today, Kalen Balaj was still a member of the Miami Dolphins. We then learned earlier today that Kalen Balaj is no longer going to be a Miami Dolphin. And then just a couple of hours ago, Learned that there was more development to that story. So, Justin, I'm going to let you take it away. Break that news for us. Break it down. Give us some of your thoughts. Gentlemen, listeners, Kalen Balaj is not only no longer a member of our Miami Dolphins, but he is now a member of our direct rival in the New York Jets. And I could not be more excited. I, this is just... This made my... Nick asked why I was so happy coming on to the episode. This is certainly one of the primary reasons. Kalen Balaj, as we all know, was a less than less than okay runner, right, for the Miami Dolphins. He averaged 1.8 yards per carry last season. That is the lowest mark for a running back who played a large number of snaps in the 70 the past 70 years of the NFL. The past 70 you're the worst runner of oh the past God. 70 years. That player just netted the Miami Dolphins a draft pick in a trade. What? Like, I just, it's honestly, it's beyond, it's beyond reason. It totally baffles me, but it makes just the teensiest, tiniest bit of sense because the person who traded for him was Adam Gase. And we all know Adam Gase does not know how to manage an NFL team. So Kalen Balazs, former fourth round pick, uh, 2018 fourth round pick of the Dolphins is now with the New York Jets. Now, honestly, this is cause for celebration just because now we have capable runners in the running back room and because it makes Adam Gase look particularly stupid. It doesn't necessarily hide the fact that Chris Greer drafted this guy and Curtis Weaver, who we're about to talk about in a little bit. And I feel like we'll tie that into this discussion a little bit because there are some causes for concern here with just the way our draft picks are panning out, but still absolutely hysterical uh, that this happened. I don't think Kalen Balazs had one successful play in Miami outside of his 75-yard touchdown run with Minnesota in his rookie year, and now he's gone, and I'm happy about it. And I wish him the best, but I'm happy about it. Man, uh, Justin, I've, I've, 
there are some like this is one of those moves that you you're so excited for it's almost on par with drafting Tua um that was when I first when you first texted me yesterday that that he was being traded or he was being cut I honestly I imagined the same reaction I saw when the Dolphins took Tua in the first round of the draft that's what I imagined it wasn't wasn't quite wasn't quite the same yeah I'm sure but you know it's it's you've talked very uh You've talked a lot about your feelings openly, towards Openly, would be the yeah, word. Very openly about your feelings. So, listen, I think, it's, I think it's hysterical that the Jets were so afraid that they were going to lose him to waivers that they what, felt they needed exactly. to trade for him. Were, like, teams um, lining because, up to claim Caleb Because Lush. they were clamoring. Ex- exactly. Like, did, did y'all not watch the same tape that we watched? And I understand that the offensive line was, you know, was poor. But what the Jets' line isn't much better. Yeah, you took Mekki Becton in the draft. That's one guy. There are five guys who block for you. If you one guy can do it and the four suck, you're still screwed. You can't run every time to the right, you know? And I, I just don't get it. Why Adam waste Gase. an asset on a player that you can – I feel like you can find comparable players to Kalen Village on waivers anywhere. I don't understand why – even if the, if, there, if the draft pick is anything more than a seventh-round pick, I think – I believe I think it's totally a conditional seventh. But, but even – totally You have, them, if you have Le'Veon Bell – and Frank Gore leading your running back room. Apparently, is it? I think Elijah McGuire is their third string back, who's apparently been phenomenal in camp. I just like, I don't understand. You bring Kalen Balaj, who has been terrible in camp by most reports. I, I truly think that Adam Gase, for some reason, only wants on to pick up players, <laughs> only wants to pick up players from teams he's. Remember when he was in Miami? It was our entire coaching staff and entire roster was comprised of former Denver and Chicago players and coaches i think it's just i think that's just his thing he's like yeah I, i've worked with that guy before let's bring him here i don't understand i honestly I just, it just it makes absolutely no sense to me i'm happy about it as a dolphins fan we got something out of him but now i do want to transition here i'm stealing a little bit of trevor's job because i feel like these two things are very much connected the dolphins waved curtis weaver the dolphins waved curtis weaver curtis weaver apparently had a foot injury apparently he wasn't gonna be able to play this season and so they waved him From what I read and gathered from reporters, it seems as though if a player doesn't have four years of experience in the NFL, you cannot, before the 53 roster cutdown, place that player directly on injured reserve, right? The Dolphins, therefore, couldn't place Curtis Weaver on injured reserve and had to waive him. And if he passed the waivers, he would have ended up on Miami's injured reserve. He did not pass through waivers. Right? Their other option was to keep him until 53-man cut-down day, place him on injured reserve, and then pick up another player. They chose to waive him. The Browns claimed him. And now, apparently, the Browns placed him on injured reserve. So I don't n- totally understand what the rules are there, but what, what, what were your thoughts with that move? So my initial thoughts when they said they were waiving him was, what? I mean, probably a few, probably a few inappropriate words uh here and there um because i just i i I, he seemed like such a steal in the fifth round uh for the career sack leader in in the mountain west conference um i just it seemed like such a steal especially when the dolphins needed pass rush um help uh you know on their on their defensive line it just it was so weird it was just so so out of left field um and you know to, to to play that gamble on a what he was what a fifth round pick Curtis Weaver was fifth round pick, and you and I were both. That's a lot of value. That, about him. You and I were both yes, quite excited about him. 
there's value in that pick still. And you just basically threw it away for, for nothing. I just, I don't get it. Especially if you could have waited like another week to put him on IR. I mean, just, I mean, listen, who are you going to bring in? Okay. At so this point, why, who are you bring in? why do teams, why would, I mean, obviously there's significant thought and foresight that go into these decisions. So why would a team like Miami, like what reason can you guys come up with that they would do something like this? Or to turn the page. I the just, only thing. Go ahead, Justin. I, I just pulled up a, an art, uh, Armando Salguero, who Nick and I have both, you know, talked about going on the show a bit, Love just because he's a very prominent Dolphins reporter. So the, the Dolphins' options were keeping Weaver on the, uh, until the 53-man roster cutdown, and then placing him on IR, which would have saved them both salary cap and the roster spot. Putting him on injured reserve outright, therefore saving his roster spot, but keeping his contract on the books. Uh, or waving him as they did. So I, I, does that mean it sounds like that they literally waved him, hope he would pass the waivers for the sake of saving his like less than million dollar salary as a fifth round pick? That's, I'm confused because different reporters why, have said different things. So, and that's why Justin, we, we were talking about it before we started uh, recording. That's why I wonder, like, was there something else that we didn't see? Because to take maybe. that kind of a gamble when you don't have to take that kind of a gamble, or, or maybe maybe they who they signed when they waived him, they signed who Trent Harris, I think was the first announcement. I don't Trent know Harris if that was the Avery exact. Moss. Avery yeah, Moss so maybe maybe they just felt like they didn't want to lose them, but they cut Trent maybe. Harris and Avery Moss like a few weeks ago, and they were still on the on the waiver wire. So I don't understand. I, it makes no sense to me, and, and the only way to explain it is for to sit down with Chris Greer and ask him what the damn hell. The thing I take from this, honestly, is that this combined, the reason I tied the Kalen Balazs situation a little bit to this is that despite the fact that it seems as though, from what reporters said about Weaver's practices, he was a less than stellar player in practice. I mean, for rookie fifth round pick, but still, apparently, he wasn't doing anything exciting. Um, and the Kalen Balazs trade, which, have, you know, as I've said, has made me excited because we netted a pick for him. But the concerning thing, really, here is that in the span of two years you have two players who there were relatively high hopes for who completely and totally bottomed out for the Dolphins. A little bit of a mark there against Chris Greer. Despite the fact that Weaver might not be any good, despite the fact that Bellage clearly was terrible and we still got a pick for him, that means Greer really swung and missed. Somewhat inconsistent, right? Like we talk about getting rid of Bellage, which obviously follows and makes sense. And then we talk about Curtis Weaver. Like it I don't know. I mean they're two different sides of the ball. But I don't know. It's a little strange, especially when you consider not getting anything for him. That's to me. That's the hangup. Is you, like, you spent a fifth round pick and cut him before a, he even played a snap. Yeah, it's right, odd. Exactly. It's very exactly. odd. It's, that's, it's that's like a it, listen. If that's a seventh round pick, I get it. But the fifth, you can still find value. Rashad mm-hmm. Jones with a fifth round pick. Look at that. So uh, you can still find value in the fifth round. It just doesn't. That's why I don't, like you can't throw that pick away just for nothing. And I think yeah, they traded up for Weaver too. Yeah, and it's also true they moved up for him. If my memory serves right, it wasn't just you two who were high on Curtis Weaver. A lot it of was people. a lot of people were very excited about that pick. So I just I don't know. It's yeah, he had a lot of great, a lot of great pick. Greer's draft history in general is like a few great hits, and then, it's like scatter shot, and then a lot almost. of quits. Exactly. It's, it's yeah, it's a good way to put it. It's like a shotgun blast, and you hit a few targets, and you miss a, a bunch of others. Right. Which the draft generally is, but with Greer, it's, it seems to be very hit or miss. Um, on a lot of these. When was when was the first year that that Greer was the that he GM? took over? Twenty sixteen. Was it twenty six? It was, no, twenty sixteen. It wasn't four years ago. 
he's been with the Dolphins for many, many years, but he took over uh, he, he took over drafting responsibilities in 2016. Okay. Draft. I 2016. I, I think Tannenbaum was still did. here then, but I think that's when Gruer oh, took over. Oh, you mean ruining our lives? Yeah, I think that's when Gruer took over drafting responsibilities, I believe. I'm going to look. So he, so he was responsible for taking Laramie Tunsil in that 2016 Yes, that, I think that was his first draft, which okay, is very so interesting because the Dolphins only have one first-round pick, one set of first-round picks still from the, I believe, from the Greer, um, or one first-round pick that's so not his, this year's first-round picks. His first three picks in that 2016 draft uh, were Laramie Tunsil, who obviously has, is a good player. Xavier Howard, who went healthy, is a good player. Kenyon Drake, who proved to be a good player, just not in Miami. And then Leonte Carew. Yeah, so and then things start it's, to, it's very interesting because a lot of his good picks don't end up Jakeem staying. Grant. I mean, the Dolphins don't – they don't have Laramie Tunsil anymore. They don't have Kenyon Drake anymore. They don't have Minka Fitzpatrick anymore. These are good yeah, players. That, They're just not hand me. Exactly, but that's but that's a different situation. That's the team deciding they wanted to blow it yes. up and oh, you're right. start his, his eye for Oh, talent. but he is responsible for Charles Harris. He yeah. is responsible for Charles Harris. So yes. take yeah. all of the other stuff away. Raquan <laughs> McMillan, that's decent. Andre Tankersley bust. I'm just gonna go through I'm gonna go through the rest of these drafts while we're here. Okay. Isaac Asiata, bust. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, underrated, good player. Fifth round pick, value of fifth round picks. Vincent Taylor, who is, you know, whatever. Nick has commandeered Nick has the podcast. The segment. Isaiah just, Ford, solid. The I'm man just, with just, the hardest of stops has commandeered yes. the segment. Hold on. We got two more drafts. Minka. Okay. Again, that's his. <laughs> so it's, it's quite literally hit or miss. Kasiki. Yes, he's very uh, scatter Very scatter shot. It's wild. Wait, you're almost at the end now. Cornell you Armstrong. Have, well finish. <laughs> Cornell, yeah, he's Quentin, not. Quentin Bowling, Jason Sanders, you know, Sanders is still kicking for the team. That's Oh, Kendrick Norton. But, Bring back you know, Greg Joseph. That's not his fault, right? Kendrick Norton situation is not his fault. Okay, I'm going to jump yeah, in here. I'm going to jump in here. As Nick takes a breath, let's talk <laughs> Xavier Wilkins. Howard activated, being activated <laughs> off Peter. of the reserve. COVID. I feel like we talked about Xavier Howard last week. We did. We talked about him a lot. Yeah, we, we talk about it quite a bit because he keeps going on different it lists of different. He's just got to get healthy. It's just, but he's back. He's back. He's back. Secondary is fine. whole, which is very exciting. This secondary, from what we've heard about Noah Igbenogany, or as we, so, you know, as lovingly. we call him, lovingly, there it is. There, as we lovingly call him Igby. Igby's apparently been fantastic in camp. This secondary is ridiculously deep. You're and boring really, the crap out of Nick. He's not even. Really tell the Nick what Nick's gone from commentary in the segment to like not even paying attention. He's not even listening. This this Andrew, episode, Andrew Van Ginkle in the fifth round of last year. <laughs> he's still reading off the draft list. This secondary, Isaiah Prince. This secondary is extremely exciting. At least we're having fun. At least we're having fun. Who knows if the listeners, viewers are having fun at this point, but we're having no, I, fun. I, so, totally steamroll Justin, I actually completely agree with you. I think everything we've been hearing about Igby has been phenomenal. Like, he's been yeah. ultra competitive with Devontae and with Williams. Uh, I, I am thrilled. that it's, He seems to have, like, that – what I'm reading and what I'm hearing is that he's got that – that recovery speed that is like crucial. The, the dude's for, an athlete. I mean, his parents yeah. were track stars. Like, I think one of them was an Olympic track athlete. I mean, the like our parents. Come athlete. on, just like our dentist parents. Yes, they got. They got. <laughs> the, the dude is an athlete. I mean, it's it is very very yeah very exciting. And if you have if you have Sabian, 
and Byron Jones on each side, and then you have Igby in the slot, and you still have Nick Needham and a couple other guys. Breon Borders has apparently been making moves uh, in camp as well. This secondary has Malcolm Perry. I know he's on the other side of the ball, Perry, but yeah, he plays Perry everywhere. In general, Malcolm Perry plays everywhere. Yeah, he might line up at free safety at some point. He might he's line, line up at tackle at Hunter this point. definitely. Moving Chandler us along Cox here, Miles Gaskin, seventh. Moving us along. Were you just finishing the? Yep, just okay. had to wrap it up. <laughs> Nick Needham, Preston Williams. The Dolphins will have fans at Hard Rock Stadium to start the season. Likely about 13,000 seats available. Not Nick, apparently. Nick Not has Nick. been nope. banned Nick from out. the stadium. Yeah, for those Not of you who don't know, no, let's Nick hold on. Was, let's hold on. Nick, let's roll that back a second. No, no, his, Nick has been banned picture. for burning his Kalen Balazs jersey earlier today. But season ticket holders will get first dibs on these seats. Now, I have a sort of diametrically opposed view of this because, on the one hand, I think there's a part of being in a seat in a, sta- uh, a stadium with 65,000 seats, that's intoxicating. I think it's really cool to be surrounded by so many people. On the other hand, though, I think to myself, to be able to go to one of these games and to be one of the 13,000 this year specifically, because that's a really unique and cool opportunity. Um, are we also, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, we're one of how many teams to be implementing this type of? Very few. It seems like most teams at this point are not having fans for at least the first two weeks of the season. Um, yeah. So why do you think it is? Let's just talk about this for a second, especially in a city like Miami where um, coronavirus cases have not been super money. contained. So we think it's a money issue, we've no, decided. I, no, I mean, Hard Rock Stadium, I think, was the first NFL stadium to be um, independently certified for its safety standards, specifically as it relates to COVID-19 and infectious diseases. So they're certainly doing as much as they possibly can. What does that can. mean? What, like, what, what does that mean exactly? So, do you know? Well, if you... If you take a quick look at the topic sheet, I put a link there to the to the Dolphins' current big like um, page on their website. I've read it. I read it, but I wanted you to go through it. Star accreditation certified. If you look at the topic sheet, than all the other teams in the league, (laughs) Um, establishing a cleaning and disinfection of infectious disease prevention program at Hard Rock Stadium. So the Global Bio Risk Advisory Council approves Hard Rock Stadium as a place where people should feel safe, apparently. Um, so uh, listen, there's going to be minimum contact, face masks, temperature checks, socially distanced seating, mobile ordering, no tailgating, no smoking. There's, they're, they're putting in all the standards and safety procedures. Uh, and, you know, they, I guess they feel that, uh, you know, I'm curious to see if, uh, if Stephen Ross himself shows up at games. Uh, if he does, I'm sure it'll be in a very private, very safe. I was going to say he'll be in a he'll be in a box. He'll, he'll be, be in a, his own personal NBA bubble from everyone in his own box. But um, you know, they're I think they're one of very few uh, teams that are doing that. I know the LA Stadium is not going to be having fans. Um, the Cowboys will have fans. The Giants will not. Giants and Jets to start. Um, Philadelphia will not to start. Washington will not. Bears will not. So it seems like the Dolphins are one of the few. I'm boring Trevor now, apparently, too, at this, uh, at this point. You guys just don't uh, – are not interested in what I have to say today, apparently. You know Zach Thomas had more Pro Bowl selections than Jason Taylor? Did you know that Nick met Zach Thomas at an NFL game? I did. did. Oh, my God. Well, that was before he was banned the, from this. From the, it was before I, it was before <laughs> I burned my Kalen Bellage jersey. And yeah, that was We actually incredible. met Jason Taylor. I can see from my window. I can point to it from here where we met him. That's actually pretty cool. Kind of cool. 
That's pretty okay. Sad. I'm at Jarvis Landry. Are we just before Justin and Nick go? Chance? No, no, no. Before there's a rant that happens, we're gonna get to my favorite part of the podcast, which is I met Isaac Asiata. That now, was the trivia time point and segment. I'm just gonna keep rolling through. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> gentlemen, please focus. This podcast is. This is probably our best, our finest hour here, gentlemen. (laughs) Trivia time point and segment scores are as follows. Nick has 12 points. Justin is 13. He's actually edged out. Nick, Nick has. That's right. Nick has almost completely slowed his roll down to. Yeah, I had 11 points for like a month. Yeah. And now the segment score is seven to six for Justin. So we're going to be doing Dolphins questions only today, gentlemen. We're going to go over the rules real quick. It'll be five questions today. If you know the answer, buzz in with your name and only your name. If you buzz in with the other person's name, you will lose a full point. If you buzz in with your name and get the incorrect answer, you will lose half a point. Nick, stop yawning. If you buzz in with your name and get it correct, you School will gain started back this week. He's tired. A full I am sleepy. Point. Are we ready to rumble? Absolutely we not. Are. No copyright <laughs> infringement intended with that phrase. Question one. What year did Bob Greasy retire now i'm going to give four answers oh we're going multiple choice today for questions where i look at nick's face and it looks like he's having some kind of (laughs) issue going on i'm gonna be giving multiple choice answers i could think of the word gastrointestinal issue that's the word i wanted to look i do not have the poops i don't want (laughs) the people the people who are uh listening and not watching i do not have anything going on i don't want he made he made anyway here we go Wait, or do we have to wait till you're done with reading all the answers? You do, and if you buzz in first, you cannot. The person who doesn't buzz in gets to answer first. Okay, so you have to wait until I'm done. So play the internet, the internet latency game well here. Okay. Game. The options are: after the 1980 season, after the 1990 season, after the 1969 season, or after the 1987 season. Nick. Nick. The 1980 season. It was after the 1980 season. Nick takes a quick and decisive lead. Question number two. This will not be multiple choice, even if Nick makes his poop face. What school did Jason Taylor play for <laughs> before making it into the NFL? Nick. Oh, I thought you were going to. Nick. Akron. That is correct. Nick has taken the lead here. I thought you were going to say points. high school, and I think I knew that one, and did not. And that was thrown off. Question number three. This will be multiple choice. No. It's a little random. Who did the Miami Dolphins beat on Thanksgiving of 2003? Here are the possible answers. The Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Chicago Bears, or the Detroit Lions? Justin. Justin. Cowboys. How did you know that? Yes, it is the Cowboys. Because well, the Cowboys two real answers. The Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving, so it yeah, was, well, it was, it's it's the Cowboys, Cowboys in Detroit. It was yeah, Cowboys it was Alliance, one of the so others. Took a shot. Okay, excellent. Question number four. This will not be a multiple choice question. I kind of like this alternating multiple choice. I'm also not keeping score. Just, two, Nick two has two. One. Justin has one. Yeah, two, to one. two to one. Two to one. For which position was Dan Marino hired by the Miami Dolphins in the year 2004? For which position? Yes. Which organizational relationship? Ah, okay. I was confused for a second. Um, Nick. Nick. General manager. That's not the title I have here. Wait, who did you just say? Wait, who? 
Did I hear you wrong? Who did you say? Marino. Did you say general manager? Yeah. I, th- I, I thought that, I thought that they hired manager. him to so be general I manager and then he retired president. I have club president here. I don't know. Although hey, G- I, I don't think that's GM. an actual role. Uh, well, let me see. Hold on. I did not think he was ever GM. So I know the role you're talking about because he only served in it for a few weeks and then he went to go do commentary for NFL Today. Senior Vice President of Football, football Operations. operations. Okay, we're going to scratch that question. That got a little bit confusing. Didn't like what that. is he now? He's like, now he's an advisor. It was like special advisor to the uh, – yeah. okay. Interesting. I did not know that. He only, I, he only held the position for a couple of weeks, right? Because I, I totally think it was like a two- that. or three-week period, and he was just like, actually, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go get paid to sit in a, a cozy studio Smart. and talk sports. Yeah, brilliant. Are you kidding? <laughs> question number four. We're going to redo it. This is going to be multiple choice. Which eight-year San Francisco 49er was signed by the Miami Dolphins in 2006? The answers are Fred Beasley, Keith Newman, Zach Thomas, or Darian Barnes? I have absolutely no idea. If it's I not, know who it isn't. I know not Zach Thomas. <laughs> I have no, no absolutely no clue. Uh, it was Fred Beasley was the answer to that question. Never heard of Fred Beasley, but sure Beasley. Guess that. any relation? <laughs> question number five. This is not going to. Uh, mm, is this going to be multiple choice? How, how about you do no multiple choice and then as Nick makes his face, then we'll, yeah. We'll so no, good, good, quite, good point. Question number five. Who had the longest kickoff return for the Miami Dolphins in the year two thousand and five? Okay, multiple choice. Multiple choice. Will Heller, Wes Walker, Brian Gilmore, or Travis Miner? Buddy. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are these questions? I'm a little before Justin's time, I think. I'm kind of right in Nick's sweet spot. Yeah, you're you're in the sweet spot to where I was too yeah, young but and Nick I, was so just I'm down, like I'm down to two, but I just I was afraid. I would have been down to two yeah. also. I was six So okay, so it's what two to one. So I'll say I'll say Nick, and I'll go with Wes Welker. It was Wes Welker. Who was the other one you were down to? Travis Miner, because I know so he those returned the, kicks. Those were the two I was down to, but simply because I don't know the other two players. Who are the other two players? Do I have know? no idea. But the, the, so the other two players. Can you say them again? I don't remember who they were. Brian Gilmore and Will Heller. Nope, they have no I've never idea. heard of those players. But Travis Miner did play for the Dolphins, yeah. Yeah, well, he, this he, is, he was uh, one of the running backs, and he returned kicks for them. That's why I was because because I knew Welker did it all, and I was trying to make sure that Welker was there that year because it was, I think the year, I think that was the same year that he uh, kicked an extra point, scored a receiving touchdown, uh, a, a return touchdown, and maybe even threw, threw for a touchdown. Like he scored touchdowns and points everywhere you could imagine. So we are uh, seven to seven in segments. Nick is now leading fifteen to fourteen in points for trivia time. This is now the fourteenth game. So had- we've we've been doing trivia time for what seven weeks? Seven weeks. That doesn't sound right. Wow. Huh. Interesting. Well, seven to seven segments, fifteen to fourteen for you on points. Okay. Wild I have my wild question. card question. And I want to drag this out as long as I can because Nick has what he has called today a super hard stop. Was it super hard, mega hard? 
really hard. <laughs> a Double super hard, hard stop. I it said was a super hard, hard stop. stop. It's not for a while, unfortunately, so we're not going to get there. We're not no, no, no. He said the hardest of stops. Yeah, I said we're the not, hardest of stops. Unfortunately, right. we will not be brushing up upon the hardest of stops. But I have... That's what she said. I, thank you. I have a wild card question. And this is when I need the audience to tell me if I'm repeating one because I know I, I asked something similar to this. Um, I don't think I've asked it this specific way, but if I have, please do give me hell on Twitter. I appreciate it, given that I don't have a Twitter. So I was, <laughs> I was just eating almonds for the duration of the podcast. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I want to talk pet peeves. I've known my brother for a long time. And I know that one of his pet peeves is what we call mouth open chewing syndrome. There are multiple people in our house afflicted by this. I am not the only one, but I won't mention names. That cannot be the answer, Nudson, please. So we're going to have to have a new one. one. You have to have a new one. Okay. You are a man of many peeves of the pet <laughs> variety, so it's okay. I would love to hear, gentlemen, your two biggest pet peeves. My two biggest pet peeves. No, no. One from each person. Come on, Nick. Oh, Follow yeah. along. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's been a weird day. Um, what's the worst one? Well, in the meantime, as, yeah, as Trevor just said. And hold on. I'm going to sweeten the pot for a second. If you say who does, if you say who does the pet peeve you're mentioning, if you mention them, you will be granted two additional trivia time points. What? Wait, hold on. Time you're saying what? if we call out people that we like if are angry at for doing things? who it is, you are granted two additional trivia time points. Okay, so can I, can I go first? What? So... And this is this is probably going to be. Oh, actually, you know what? If I, I'm I'm not gonna, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you my pet peeve, and then tell you my problem, uh, with it. I really don't like repeating myself. Okay. <laughs> like I hate I hate when I have to repeat myself, but like but like for simple things. Call right? So like student. do it right now. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, I could easily. So yeah, I'll take my two points. There are many times that I've had to repeat myself for Justin over the years, and it's not and true. It's I very much pay attention. Insane. I very much paid attention in your. No, classes. but there, are, there are always. So it's again, it's not like complicated things. I don't mind repeating myself on that, but if I have to like actively repeat myself for something, like stupid, like, like, when did like refill this re, refill the soap dispenser, like just. just Justin, do why it. didn't you refill <laughs> the soap? That was, that's no, not I'm, trying, I'm trying to take a non. I'm trying to take like a non. Come on! I'm, trying, I'm doing Jesus. my best to avoid like, like, uh, like getting myself in self incrimination with school over here. <laughs> so I'm trying to pick like random things. Obviously, I don't get mad if you do that, but like, I don't know. Just having to repeat myself when Justin, I. Justin, honestly, I have to tell you, he never refills. Soap dispenser. I am the that only. That doesn't surprise me. That's I, I, okay. First of all, he's totally like I am the one who does all of the. I, I do chores in his apartment. Okay. Not because like, I ask him to, because he likes them. That's like a male Mary Poppins. That's I'll, weird too. <laughs> I'll do the dishes oh, in his sink floors. because I, I just cleaning can't. Floors. Yeah. Anyway. No, the the the. I feel, like, yeah. I feel like mine wasn't a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it. Hold on. Okay. I don't th- I don't know if that was worth two points. Like I have to be honest with you. As as Trevor mentioned, when people eat with their mouth open, that's I I, I have a problem with it. I oh I got a good one. Do you want to go or do you want me? No, you can keep going. I also I also get very frustrated um, when people. I mean, this is it's pretty much plays into why the dishes in Trevor's apartment. I, I really don't like it when people leave dishes with food in them in, in the sink. That, that, that bothers me. It's like, just so, 
put the dishes. Yeah, I mean, if the dishwasher's on and running, that's different. But put your dishes Let me ask you a question. in the dishwasher. Do because you you're essentially to... saying, when you don't do it, you're essentially saying that you're okay with someone else Who, doing it. Who's essentially saying that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm, my, my, I'm not my, causing my angst question, within our family. I'm my just, bigger I'm question sorry. is, if, okay, if the dishwasher's on, okay, is it on you to, ch- oh, so say there's two hours left. You're not going to remember to come back to the dishes. But if you put your dishes in the sink, or is the expectation in Justin Hire's ideal world to check the time? And if, say, there's a half an hour no. left. No, this is different. No, this you is different. don't. So you don't, you're not expected to come back and put them in after. If you come back and see that the dishwasher's done, I mean, that, that's a different question. But if the dishwasher's on, I don't need you to set a timer on your phone to, like, okay. come back and check. Okay. But and you've if, never asked that. I'm just if asking. If it is convenient to put your dishes in the dishwasher or to put the food in the trash, please just... So, so if, if we, if, if a situation arose where you were like, where somebody had to rinse their dish, no food, but it is dirty. Is that acceptable? Oh, we have a whole debate about this, about rinsing the dish. There is a, I think it was the times or time magazine. I can't remember which one it was that advocated for not dish rinsing. No, it didn't advocate for not. It It said you don't have to. It, which was effectively advocating for not wasting water. If if there is food caked onto the dish. Nobody was arguing that. Nobody was saying if there's peanut butter slathered on and it's not going to get off in the dishwasher. That's the Justin, perfect food the reason, choice for this The reason why Justin too. doesn't like food left on places is because he doesn't like to open the dishwasher and see food. It's not to Justin about the effectiveness of cleaning. It's well, not it often. Make, wait, 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 wait. First of all, it does not make the dishwasher smell. Not if you run it once a week. Not if you run it. Is not it once a week? week. Now, hold on. If you run it, it's twice a month. If you just clean it and run it, it does not smell. Try it. And see, Yours there will be no smell. There will be no smell. Yours, That's number one. <laughs> Mine does not smell. It does. It does off. not. So, Trevor, did you know Justin was going to bring this up as his pet peeve? Because you, no, but I, you have I, a lot of opinions. I really about hoped it he did. I really hoped he did. <laughs> okay, I got, I got a better one. So then, shoes on the bed. That was the one I was going to say initially. By the way, before the dishes discussion, shoes on the bed. I don't like either. Like when people I sit, people I get sit that. On I get that. I think that's a reasonable. You know, we are three minutes that. away from Nick's soft stop today. Really, no, I, I will to admit, I will admit, I have a lot of like peeves, as Trevor called them, with regards to cleanliness and organization. I do, I, I openly admit. It. So you and I would not get along outside of <laughs> outside of the environment that we are in, um, because you know, oh, yeah. organization is like my enemy. All right, so one pet peeve I have that actually drives me insane, and I haven't had to deal with it in a f- few months because of the pandemic. When when you're driving. And you're the first person at the light, oh. and the light turns green. Oh. And somebody and like within the within the millisecond that it takes your brain to register that it is green, you must move your foot. You're already being honked at by the person behind you. Oh. That person, I hate that person. Okay, hold on. I hate. Trevor, no, 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 but I'll tell Justin, you, Justin, don't don't get mad at me. My my uh, levels are spiking on the mic. I hate that person. <laughs> I am not a honker. I almost never honk unless I feel like I'm in imminent danger. Okay. But my pet peeve, and Justin knows this, I don't have many pet peeves. I'm not easily bothered. No. But my pet peeve is when I am the second person at a light. If somebody doesn't see it or they're a little zoned out for a minute, I don't mind. I'll wait. I'm never in that much of a rush that I need to honk if, it's, if someone takes a second to go. If someone is on their phone and they don't see, that upsets me. Because more often than not, what will happen is... Because where I live, it, it's not a lot of 
like unless I'm on Glades, if you live in South Florida, you know what Glades is. If you're on a major road, there's time, right? But if I'm turning often, I will miss the light because someone's on their phone. That's annoying. Not because of the time. It's just, it's a lack of spatial awareness. It's a lack of common courtesy that I find terribly annoying. But I agree with you. Sometimes I'll be at the light and I have a relatively um, quick automobile to get off the line. I, sometimes I have to be faster than Lewis Hamilton to get off the line and I'm still getting honked at. It's, it's that, obscene. So it's obscene. I, I, I like Coral Gables. Agree I mean, you've, you've driven a Coral Gables driver. You went to UM also. But man, people impatient. Yeah, but, but it's not even it's not even impatient. It's like how do you it's expect like waiting. the human ready. body to function ready? like Green. that? <laughs> like, but that but it's like they're ready for it. That's the oh, they are. because I because I'm totally with you, Trevor. Like people who make me miss a light because they're on their phone, that's different. It's just the right? phone. And like if, if I'm on my if I am on my phone, which I don't text and drive because my students are listening, but if there's a hypothetical where I am and I and you know I don't I don't see the light, honk at me. I Totally and sometimes, I get it. I, you know, but if, if I'm, I'm watching, yeah, and, I, and uh, you see my lights go off because I release yes. the brake, yes. don't start. What do you expect me to do? Yes. What? Like what? What? Where are you going? You that you need, like, where, that's the crux like, of the issue. That's the crux exactly. of the issue. You and I are going to get to the same next light that's still red over there. That's the funniest you're, part. You're there. a pregnant wife because then you get to, you're your pregnant you wife in the, in the passenger seat. No. Oh, then, no. Then, then chill for a second. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So y'all and got me worked up. With Nick sweating, thank you so much for. <laughs> I'm picking you, on Nick There today, have been guys. too many conversations about bodily functions of mine today. We need to we need to end this episode before <laughs> anything else happens. Thank you so much for joining us on the eve of Nick's hard stop. We genuinely appreciate you guys spending just a little bit of your Friday with us, and we look forward to seeing you and the Kalen Balage list Dolphins next week on Pick Up the Blitz. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk then.